0: Hey everybody, Cliff here with get to ko and I really hope you love what you're listening to. So did you know that you can get paid for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered it for ourselves. It's a free app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to this podcast. Here's how it works. You listen to the podcast, and you earn a PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin into a gift card at places like Starbucks and Amazon. Or, if you're a good person... You could donate that PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. You download the app right now on iPhone or Android, and I will have a special code just for you. Simply just use our code, THE KO. and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to us enough on there, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead. And go listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on Podcoin and, and sign up with the code THE KO. I swear it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the greatest spectacle is being brought to you with Julie Chewbacca Berry, Anthony A. Jay, Leon Clifford, Red Dog Miller, and this is Get the KO. Welcome everybody to another edition of Get the KO. I'm your host Clifford Red Dog Miller, and as you can see today, we're kind of short-handed. So my co-host for today is the incredible A Jay Lou Han. Or you can just call him Lou. He'll say it himself too. What's going on, man?
1: You can call me Lou
0: and fight me. So last week it was fuck Colby Covington. Uh we had some issues with uh the last program uh the last message or the last video that we did, so it is what it is. But we're just gonna keep moving on because that's what we do. Um so Let's get into this card, man. So we're gonna talk about UFC Fight Night 157. Um, this was a fun card altogether. I mean, top to bottom. I don't really know. I don't really know any other card that I would have said was as as good as this one. Um, I say that in the sense that just being in China. Everything that that needed to happen, happened, and it was great. So let's just jump right down to the first card, right? So we had uh, uh, Yanin Wu versus Mizuki uh, Eon, right? Um, All these stats, by the way, we're going to get. It's going to be based out of uh, uh, Google because, you know, they do all the fights. So uh, total strikes for Mizuki, uh, 102 uh, out of 214. uh, Significant strikes, 93 of 204. Takedowns, 0 for 4. Uh, 163 out of 283 for Wu, 123 out of 270 in her significant strikes, 0 for 4 in her takedowns as well. This scorecard was, was it 29-28, 29-28, 28-29 split decision for uh, Mizuki, and I had it that way too. Um, I know I had her, I think I had her picked last week, um, but I definitely wanted her to win obviously, and she came through, so big ups. What What was your thought process on this, Anthony?
1: Uh, this fight was very fast-paced. I mean, the strikes say it. I mean, for 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 women to come out and throw 200-plus strikes, nearly 300 strikes, uh, a very fast-paced uh, fight, it, usually with those kind of numbers, you see people either beat up or you see people getting knocked out. And this was a split decision. Uh, it was right down the middle. Uh, so a very, fight, very, very very close fight.
0: Yeah, and I think it's one of those fights, too, that you could have run back. And you're probably going to get the same – I don't know if you'll get the same result. You'll get just the same exciting fight. Um, I, think, oh, yeah. I think depending on who you were, uh, I thought Woo did a lot. Um, the one thing I didn't appreciate, right, and this was something that Michael Bisping brought up on the air – was um, they had interviewed her, and they thought about, like, hey, what's the difference between you and Mizuki? And she said that I'm taller and better looking. And the thing that uh, Michael Bisbee said was he didn't appreciate that comment. And the reason why is because you don't objectify women in the sport of uh, mixed martial arts, in combat sports, you just don't do it. And uh, he's like, you might be the taller fighter, but if you keep delaying your hook the way you are, you're going to get caught every single time. And sure enough. That's what Mizuki was doing, and she was utilizing the ground. So, big ups to Michael Bisping just for like calling it the way he sees it. And he doesn't see, you know, flavors of women in the octagon. He just sees fighters, and that's what I appreciated in that comment. Um, we're gonna move up, right? So, uh, Keenan Keenan Song versus uh, Derek Crantz, um, massive, massive fight as well. Definitely enjoyed watching this one, um, Keenan. Uh, 61 of 131, 58 of 120 and Significant Strikes, no takedowns. Uh, Derek Krantz, 52 of 105, uh, 33 of 85, and then 3 of 6 in his takedowns. Uh, scorecards had it, 29-28, 29-28, 29-28, all for your winner, Keenan Song. Um, honestly, uh, the three takedowns were huge to me. I felt like um, Derek was just doing a lot, being mobile, getting in, getting out. I thought he honestly had the octagon. I scored it 29, 28, the other way. Um, all three judges saw it, um, but it is what it is. Uh, that's why they get paid to judge fights, and I don't, so whatever. Um, Anthony, what was your thought process on this?
1: I'm with you. I, I, I don't, I'm not quite understanding what the uh, what the judges saw. I mean, definitely one round went to him, but... Derek was very mobile like you said three takedowns he went 3 for 6 on takedowns with a submission attempt and you, lo- you lose this fight and it just it just feels it's the, the home country advantage you're in China and you get you take three you get three takedowns anywhere else you're probably going to win this fight as long as you don't get taken down four times
0: yeah and I'm, I think if i remember right, i think all the chinese fighters won which I'm not saying anything wrong with that. Uh, a few of the fighters deservedly won this fight, and we'll definitely talk about you know the main event as well. Um, you know, especially like Mizuki was doing well, uh, but you know Wu thought that she was gonna get the get the win, and she didn't. So, um, moving up though, we have Kai Kara France taking on Mark De La Rosa. Um, so in this fight, it went to decision. Uh, One knockdown for uh, Cara France. 93 of 195 for total strikes. 91 of 193 for his significant strikes. And then one for one for his takedowns. Uh, Mark De La Rosa. He was uh, 63 of 198 for his total strikes. 60 of 195 for his significant strikes. 1 for 7 for his takedowns. Uh, Scorecards also had this 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. I had this 30-27 as well. I felt that Car France was just taking the fight everywhere he wanted to go. The fight was just going to go there. So, if he wanted to take it to ground, it was going to ground. If he wanted to keep it standing, it was going to keep standing. He shut down six other takedowns. He gave up one. It was kind of like a fluky one, but it was what it was. Car uh, Car France, definitely a beast. Got to keep an eye on him moving on towards future fights. Anthony, what was your thought for this one?
1: So, I'm going to be very honest with you. And this card was very early. And I fell asleep during this fight. <laughs> <laughs> I literally didn't get to watch to watch back on this, but I got to get to watch the highlights, and I was very impressed with Kai. He looked phenomenal.
0: Yeah, he was. Yeah, Kai is the he's the man. I have to give a lot of props to him on that. Um, moving up, we have uh, leah Jiling versus Eliza um, Elizu Zaleski de Los Santos. Um, This was by TKO, third round, 4 minutes 51 seconds, Um, brutal, Um, it looked like what was going on like towards the end, uh, just uh, a nasty knee got landed, Um, Santos backed up into the cage and just Lee just dropped heavy, heavy bombs, Um, Lee tried to get back to the other, or Santos tried to move back to the other side of the octagon, got clipped in the chin Dropped him. He just curled up into a little ball, ducked himself in, and that was that was kind of it. So big ups to big ups to Lee for that win. Um, definitely deserving. Great job.
1: I'm really excited to see what he's gonna do in the UFC because he went two for three, versus uh, for takedowns, and he looked really good striking out. Struck him. He, I mean, wow, just a good performance by him. I just. I wanna see more from him. I I know he has it in him and I wanna see what he can do. Yeah. Um gonna be that gonna be that 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 Chinaman, that that Chinaman that might be the next big thing in the UFC.
0: Yeah, I've definitely liked watching him fight. I thought um his just his just in out game was just phenomenal. I mean he was pressing the tempo. Santos was trying to be defensive. And that might be just because of something, you know, Santos is known for his Brazilian jiu jitsu as well as he was trying to set up his, uh, his kick game. But, you know, Lee was just walking through and just saying, no, I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep going. There's nothing you're going to do about it. And there was nothing that he could do about it. So big, big ups uh, to Lee once again. I cannot wait to see what he does in his next fight. So shout outs to that man. So the next fight that we're going to talk about, I really want to dive into this fight, right? I really, this the main event. There's a, a lot to be digested in this fight. Uh, Jessica Adraj versus Wheeley's uh, Whee uh, lazing saying, um, I had Jessica Adraj win in this fight. I had her win in this fight because of what she did to thug Rose. She was dominant. She took her down whenever she wanted to. She landed heavy hands. She was just, she was a beast. I had to win this fight. Now, Zhang, by all means, is, she's amazing. Um, She was 19-1 going into this fight. She was just beating people down. She uh, landed devastating kicks, had devastating knees, (coughs) devastating hands. Just everything about her screamed that she was going to be a title contender. And... I don't know why I didn't go a wheel, uh, but she came out on top. Uh, just to give you an idea, she had one knockdown, she was twenty nine to thirty eight for total strikes, twenty nine thirty eight for significant strikes, and Jessica was four for twelve for her total strikes as well as her significant strikes. So, knockout, first round, forty two seconds, amazing, amazing win. Big ups to Zhang. I cannot wait to see her first title defense and who she choose or who is chosen. To fight her, um, we do know that there is a big fight coming up with Dragetski uh, as well and Michelle Watterson. I'm sure that the winner of that fight will probably be the winner or be the person who's uh, granted the next title shot. So we'll see that because that uh, that fight happens in October, right, Anthony?
1: Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, definitely the biggest thing that uh, that we take away is is. Nobody, nobody should probably match with uh, Wei Li Zhang right now. She is a monster. Even Dana said that nobody wants to fight her, so they bring Andrade in. She's like chill fighter, and those knees, those forearms, those elbow shots.
0: Ooh, that girl's a bad, bad woman. She is. She's a. She's a. She's a nightmare. She's a nightmare all over the standing up game. I'm very curious to see. Really more about her her technical side on the ground. But for right now, on point, all fights start on their feet and she is devastating at those. So I cannot wait to see what happens coming up. So aside from this fight card, right, we do have another big fight card coming up. Um, it's going to be taking place in the arena. Um, it's on September 7th. We are talking about UFC 242, um, top to bottom. This card is stacked with a lot of a lot of new faces and a lot of big names. Um, some big names, a lot of new faces. Anthony, is there a fight like in the early prelims or the prelims that you're really looking forward to?
1: Um, let me pull up that card real quick. I had it up, but I was kind of looking at something else here. Um, there was something interesting that I did want to talk about talked about and you have back in the cage Joanna Calderwood versus Angela Lee that's gonna be a, a massive fight um, I'm really excited to see that her uh, Joanne uh, come back into the to the uh, uh, fight game but on the uh, on the uh, early prelims You got Bilal Muhammad versus Takashi Sato and that thing. And if you don't know who Bilal Muhammad is, go check him out. This dude can wreck people if he wants to.
0: Get to know that name. Get to know that man. That man is so fierce.
1: Scary, scary.
0: But don't forget, Zach Cummings is also on the card. He's actually the first fighter of the night. So that's definitely going to be a huge test Uh, For Omari uh, getting into the game, uh, especially going to be fighting someone, Zach Cummings. They pretty much have like the same amount of mat time, but um, Zach is 23 and 6, so it's definitely one of those fights that I'm very excited to watch, and I think other people would be excited to see that as well. So if you guys do get that chance, it is going to be on the UFC Fight Pass. Go check it out. It's definitely going to be worth it. Then, uh, you're right. The Joanna Calderwell, uh, Calderwood versus Andrea Lee card uh, fight, it's going to be it. It's going to be nasty. In the words of the great JR, it's going to be a slobber knocker. Slobber knocker. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's get into this main event, right? We, um, As you guys know, if you guys have been listening to the podcast, we have been doing predictions um, throughout – the whole last couple months. Uh, this month, though, Anthony, break us down for the month of August, like how we all did.
1: All right. So we are supposed to be doing this challenge, by the way. And Julie lost the first month, which we were like, all right, this is the first start. We're kind of we kind of get into it. Uh, then this month, that's a bit closer. We we didn't do as well as we did in the. Uh, in July. <laughs> um, so, Julian Cliff, you guys tied at 11-11 and 11 for the month. You guys ended up at 500. And your boy, A.J. Lujan, went 12-10 and 10
0: to take the title of August champion. Dang. Was that back-to-back months now? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> There's not going to be a 3 We're not going to let that slide. Julian, I, I got something to say about it. So, to give you an idea of how we're doing this, we're doing this based on the main events only, right? So, um, let's start us off, right? Let me... I gotta pull the car back up. I had you... Um, Get the KO. There we go. All right. So, let's start us off, right? First fight of... Uh, First fight of night, we're going to have uh, Marabek Tosumov Tissouf- versus Carlos Diego Ferreira. Um, Anthony, who are you taking in this fight? Give me a second here.
1: And my tablet
0: went down. Um,
1: for this fight, I am taking the uh, the 15-2 and two Carlos Diego Ferreira. I think his hands are going to be too much for him.
0: Yeah, and, uh, so, as I mentioned earlier, Julie is not with us today, um, she's having tactical difficulties, but she also took Carlos Diego Ferreira, I'm gonna be honest, I took Marabek, uh, Tissimov, because I slaughtered his name, and I have a history of, if I slaughter people's names, I just wanna take that fighter, because they're probably gonna win. Sounds fucked up, but guess what, it really helped me out (laughs) when I was in a crunch, um, Next fight up, we have Curtis Blades versus Shamil And uh Anthony, who would you take in this fight? I'm taking uh, Curtis Blades definitely
1: on this one. Uh, don't get me wrong, his opponent's no slouch, but I think uh, Curtis has some heavy hands that if he connects, you go on night-night.
0: Shamil is a nightmare. There's no doubt about that. Shamil is, is very, very good. He's 20 4. He is fighting against Curtis Blades. Blades is 11 and 2. Um, I also chose Curtis Blades. And then uh, Julie took Curtis Blades as well. So for our next fight that we have going on, we have uh, Ismail uh, Mackenough versus uh, Davy Ramos. Um, Julie took Ismail. And I have also taken. Uh, I'm sorry, Islam, Islam Makhivek, um, Davy uh, Davy Ramos. She took um, Islam. I took Islam as well. Anthony, who are you taking for this fight?
1: I took Islam as well.
0: And obviously, that's why. Well, so no, the reason why I'm going to pick. Um, that's why I'm taking Islam because I just saw her. shit have his name. So um, this was the toss-up fight. For Julie. Um, Edson Barboza versus Paul Felder. This is the co-main event. This is probably going to be the fight that everybody wants to see. Because this was the fight everybody wanted to see the first time. Um, both these guys. Devastating. 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 Just going to come off of super brutalness. I don't even know like where to start with this fight. Um, Julie took Paul Felder. She... Said it was one of the biggest. It was one of the hardest fights for her to pick. He is coming off of a huge win with James Vick, um, but we shall see what happens. I also took Paul Felder. I think Paul's hands and his heart is what's going to get him through this fight. Edson with his devastating kicks. Obviously, we know that's what he can do. But Anthony, who did you choose?
1: I took Edson Barboza. I think his kicks are going to keep. Uh... Felder, uh, out of range, I think he's going to take his legs away, which we all know if he takes his legs away, takes away the power punching, takes away the mobility, um, so let's go Edson, let's get back on that winning streak.
0: Yeah, so Edson and Paul Felder, this is the second time they fought, um, and the last time that they fought, Edson won the fight by decision, um. Paul Felder has acknowledged that. He has talked about it numerous times, about how this fight is. And the one thing that I think is crazy is that Edson Barboza is coming off of a a knockout loss to Justin Gaethje. So, we'll see what happens. Um, but, I, like I said, I'm pulling for Paul for this fight. So, our main event. This is probably another fight that's going to be tough for us to call, right? Uh, you have 27-0. Khabib, Nakamotov. Versus Dustin Poirier. Um, Julie has taken Khabib. I have slaughtered his last name, which is also why I take Khabib. And Anthony, who is your pick?
1: Let's go Dustin. The diamond Poirier is going to give Khabib his first loss.
0: That's so pretty. It's all big, and I think these last two fights, man. There's just there's not a loser in this fight. Sure, there's a loser, but we're all gonna win. The fans are gonna win in this fight. We're all gonna be happy because it's it's gonna be nasty. It it should be a nasty fight uh, to watch. So, with that being said, we have some other stuff that we got to talk about, right? I mean, we can acknowledge because we saw this today. Um, Breaking news. We're going to talk about it. Anthony's all excited. Um, Big in the boxing world. Manny Pacquiao wants to fight.
1: Dude, are we going to do what the fuck is
0: happening right now? Pretty much is. That's what our new section is going to be, is what the fuck fuck is happening. Um, What the fuck is happening? The fuck is happening is Manny Pacquiao wants to fight Bud Crawford. Terrence Bud Crawford, um, both of them are champions, right? And so it's pretty much a unification fight that's going to be happening. Um, let's be honest, man. It's the, the Filipino wrecking machine. She, he's a killer. Uh, he's brutal. He's a politician, so he knows how to talk his way in. And he's fighting the probably one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world. Uh, Bud Crawford is no joke, obviously. Anthony and I are going to lean one way because we're from Nebraska and that's who we share for. Um, so, Anthony, why don't you give yourself uh, give the analysis that you have for this fight?
1: Oh my god, so <clears throat> I can't even right now when I, I just seen that. Um, that actually came out a, a few days ago and I just happened to scroll upon it. Um, we don't know when it's gonna happen. We don't know if it's gonna happen. It's just a rumor right now. But Manny Pacquiao, we can say, is probably one of the goats of this industry. Um, doesn't afraid. He's not afraid to fight anybody. He just gave somebody uh, their first round, their first loss of their career. But your boy Terence Bud Crawford from Omaha, Nebraska, baby, representing. Hopefully, he can bring it down and beat up on uh, Manny out. Uh, Manny Pacquiao and I'm so excited for this
0: fight. Yeah, this is a fight that I think like fans want because obviously Manny's tough. Um, he's 41 years old. He's still boxing and he still looks good. Um, it's just I think at this time, man, I just I wish this fight would have happened a year ago or a year two years ago. Um, but we're getting it now, and I'm I I couldn't be any more excited. Um, hopefully, hopefully, I know it's still in the rumor mills but it's definitely something that that needs to be talked about. So,
1: the the thing is is it's Manny Pacquiao, you know, he is one of the baddest guys on the planet. Like he literally just uh who did he just beat? Um He just beat somebody and gave them his first loss of his career. I'm trying to pull it up right now.
0: Yeah, I know that um recently uh Bud Crawford was on the Joe Rogan podcast, the Joe He's Rogan there, Experience. And they were um they were talking about the fight with Pacquiao and you know Bud said he doesn't think that he didn't think that uh Manny wanted this fight and it was because um you know, cuz Fred Roach was like, "Nah, that's not going to be a good fight for you. Don't don't take that fight, you know, with with Bud." Cuz you know, Bud's one of those guys who's you know, if he's going southpaw, he's really good southpaw. If he's going orthodox, he's really good orthodox. You know, so if he doesn't have a glaring weakness. He can he could land the same amount of shots with both sides, and he doesn't have a favorite. He can he could just outbox you one way or another. So, I think I think this is a fight that Pacquiao needs to take because you know we got to get these belts unified, man. And it would be cool to see one champion have all those belts.
1: Yeah, the whole. The whole promotion thing from top rank boxing to um, wherever Manny I was fighting with. Um, I just think that uh, Sides aren't going to meet up. It might not happen. It probably won't happen. But, God, if it does, Lord have mercy, I will pay top money to get over there and watch that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know <laughs> this... I know this isn't necessarily um, in the world of, of, of combat, combative sports. Uh, something else I want to talk about though, and uh, the focus happening, it'll be something that we cover, um, or I end up covering actually on Frankensteiner. But uh, did, some of you guys will probably have known this, some of you guys won't. Uh, so recently, on the past weekend, there was an event by All Elite Wrestling. Yes, we're getting into wrestling. Uh, All Elite Wrestling. Um, And Chris Jericho, which a lot of you may know, uh, won their belt. However, he also got that belt stolen. (laughs) And uh, it took about 12 to 14 hours, but the Jacksonville police was able to locate that belt after it was left in a limousine in Jacksonville. And the limousine, which had parked at a Longhorn Steakhouse... Turned back to return the wrong luggage that Chris Jericho had picked up, and the belt got stolen. Um, so with that being said, the fuck happened? <laughs> 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 like, all right,
1: so, so Chris Jericho got lucky. <laughs> we'll give him that. I'm not gonna talk AEW wrestling. Get that out of here. But. There is some stuff that has happened this last week that I'm like, what is going on? What the fuck? One of them is your boy, Greg Hardy, has just been announced to fight in Singapore on October 26th. The Mazda Ball, Damian Mayagard. He's going to take on Georges Dan Ho. They're both 5-1.
0: Uh-oh. This could be a lot of fun. Uh Greg obviously having devastating hands, he's been labeled to knock out a lot of people. Um he did lose his first fight in the UFC, yeah, yeah. But since then he's just been obliterating people and it's it's been amazing to watch. I can't even can't even knock it, man. So um hopefully, you know, when we see him go to China, uh he doesn't <clears throat> doesn't fall to the time zone. You know, he can get it together and, and win the fight, so You know, that's what that's uh, that's me pulling early for him,
1: yeah. So, that just was um, let's talk about Bellator fights fighting, and let's talk about who they just signed. Did you know that is
0: Cliff? That is a that is a the fuck happened moment. Um, so for some of you guys who don't know, Chris Cyborg has signed with Bellator. Um, if you don't know what happened with her in the UFC, it's a whole bunch of what the fuck. Um, she obviously, her team did some dirty stuff. Dana White wasn't having it. Just cut her off, kicked her out, terminated the contract, and then that was it. Um, so Cyborg, obviously Scott Coker, um, he's, you know, former, uh, he used to run uh, strike force huge fan of chris cyborg snatched her up right away and brought her into bellator so bellator again has some huge names that are they're going to be associated with bellator that are former ufc guys um right now it's just amazing to see like how many titles are being held by people who were in the ufc you know what i mean
1: yes it's crazy and this is uh A crazy, crazy deal. They're saying that um, it's the richest contract in women's MMA history. I don't see any numbers here, but they're saying it is
0: huge. What's her weight class again? She's a
1: 145 pounder.
0: Yeah, that's what I what they tell her that was? Because Bantam is where Henry is, and then you have, who would have been the next champ? 145. And who's that? By the yeah, way, that's yeah, that's Max, right? Yeah, that's, that's Max class. Um, yeah, so I don't know. it will be interesting to see because they're gonna they're gonna have to have a division for her. She's gonna be at the 145, so a lot of the other women who can step up and fight her. I mean, it's I don't want to say it like this, but feels like it's gonna be a lot of cupcake fights for her. Um, until like somebody from one FC crosses over and wants to fight.
1: Uh, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, this also opens up. What is is Amanda Nunez going to be able to to keep depending on both titles? Is she going to finally give up one? And if if so, does that 145 pound division go away now?
0: Yeah, yeah, very true. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like she's probably one of those few champs who can keep both divisions afloat. But the problem is, is that every, you're probably thinking like every six months, that belt is getting defended in either weight class. Um, but I would like her to hold the 145 and then let the 135 go. Because you have a lot more fighters in the 135. She's a big name at 145, she's a big name at 135 as well. But she just, she can pick and choose who she wants to fight. And when she wants to fight. So, I don't know. Personally, I think Amanda just gives up to 135, lets some other girls fight for us, so that division doesn't get held up, and she can continue doing her thing.
1: There, there's there's more fighters at 135 than 145. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't even know if they're going to keep that 145. That's going to be crazy. They made that 145 for Chris Cyborg, so she could then have to cut down to 135 and kill her body. I mean, we've all seen her great cuts. They're disgusting. Um, Let's get off that subject. Congratulations, Chris, on your new deal. Um, I have two other things I want to talk about. One's going to be real quick, and the other one is going to be a debate. I know it's going to be a debate between us.
0: Awesome.
1: So, your drunkle came out (laughs) and said that on on TSN and said. He the the guy that he got he got knocked out by he was going in to give him a hug.
0: It it did not look like a hug to me. <laughs> now when you say this, now when you have your hands up, you say, "Hit me!" And then he did, and then he knocked you out. Yeah, there was
1: no got stalked and slapped, and he's saying that he was he, saying that he, he was trying to hug him. Um. The other thing I want to talk about is—is is this just came out a few hours ago, actually. Um, uh, Brian Ortega uh, wants to fight Jose Aldo, and the winner uh, fight is uh, in a in a title fight eliminator. If Cream Zombie doesn't want Jose Aldo,
0: yeah. So I guess this is the part where we're gonna talk about debate. Like I mean I don't I don't know which side you're kinda leaning on. So what do you what do you think about the fight?
1: So it'd be stupid not to book uh Transamine versus Jose. What are you what are you really doing with Brian Ortega? That's my question.
0: Yeah. Well I mean, T City, he's did he he lost the championship fight. He has a fought since, has he? I don't think he's no. I think he's still off the fight cards. Um, no, man. What I would do is I would just sign him up. I'd sign him up for a fight, but then um, I agree. I think if if Korean Zombie does not want the fight, then I would give it to I would give it to T City and let T City go at it with uh, Jose Aldo. But in the end, man, I think T City's gonna win the fight either way. That's and that's gonna be me being honest. I mean, I think he's taller, he's longer, he's got more stamina, he's younger, he's hungrier, he's probably gonna be re re energized after the the loss to to Max Holloway. So I think Jose has like an uphill. The only thing he has he has experience, but it's a uphill climb because T City is very calculated on how he wants to to fight, and um, he takes the fight where he wants to take the fight, and he's like to keep the fight standing the one thing about Scarface is Scarface has some heavy hands but the problem the problem to that to my other part of that would be um Frankie was the same way and Frankie was fast he liked to throw a lot of punches he got caught with an uppercut and we've already seen that Jose Aldo can be put out with one punch <coughs> Connor so you know it it is what it is i mean where would you uh where would you lean on that side on that
1: i I don't even know, but here's the thing: um, you're you're sitting you're sitting there with Ryan Ortega as a number two fighter. Do you have him fight Frankie Edgar again, or do you have him fight somebody like Zabit?
0: Um, I think I think testing him with Zabit would definitely be be the move. Um, you've already knocked out Frankie Edgar. There's no reason to take that fight. And you knocked out Frankie, not like with a fluke, like. You hit him with a pretty devastating uppercut, and put him out for the night. So, yeah, I think Zabit would definitely have to have be a move.
1: Um. So yeah, I just I don't I I, th- I thought you would uh you're kind of gonna be agree that uh I thought you were gonna give me a little bit bigger of, like, of a fight of Jose Aldo.
0: It, but it, there's something about Jose, man. Like he's a living legend. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But the problem with Jose is that <coughs> his last few fights he's just. Obviously, Father Time has caught up with him, kind of tested him, and he hasn't looked nearly as good. Now, if this was Jose Aldo from a a while ago, a couple years, yeah, I would be like, no, man, Jose Aldo's got the heavy hands, Scarface don't play around, and he's willing to go toe-to-toe with anybody. But unfortunately, it's not the same guy. So it's it's kind of like watching Muhammad Ali when he came back after taking three years off of a being forced to retire so it, it is what it is
1: so here's the thing and, and as you as as you talk about age uh, with with jose he's 32 years old he's been in the game forever right i mean professionally he's been fighting since uh since 2004 that's since august of 2004 right First loss of his career was in like 2005. Then he didn't lose. He didn't lose for a long time until he got caught by Connor in 2015. Then he went on and beat Frankie Edgar. Then lost to Max Holloway twice. Right. After Max Holloway, though, he beat Jeremy Stevens in the first round. He knocked him, he TKL'd he, he Jeremy Stevens with punches. And Jeremy Stevens is no slouch. Like, he still has it in him. And after that, he had a Renato uh, Moshiano, where in the first round, uh, Renato looked good. And then in the second round, he hurt him, and the veteran and Jose just attacked him and, and swarmed him. And then he he looked good. He didn't look bad against Alexander Volkanovsky. He looked decent. He looked real decent. Um, I just... To, to say that he's out of the game is hard to say. Um, but I'm with you there. I really am with you that uh that that Ortengo would I think he'd just tag him and tag him and tag him and tag him. N- Korean zombie, that dude that dude is insane.
0: Yeah. Um, but to go back to your point, right? Volkanovski, he's he's the number one contender for a reason, you know, and he beat Jose Aldo. And was beating him to the punch handily. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't some kind of slouch ass fight where he was sitting back here like, hmm, decision, decisions. I got, I got to make. No, he was getting, he was handling his business. So, but he was also pushing the tempo in that fight. He was also pushing the fight where he wanted it. He was in the clinch game. He was out of the clinch game. He was doing what he had to do. So, um, the thing about it is, uh, then you saw. Uh, Ale- we can go back, Alexander Volkanovski knocks out Chad Mendes prior to that, you know. So I have to give a big props, man. I just think that Jose, he is the legend. He is the man. Um, He did beat Moicano um, and and Heath and Stevens. But I just think that after his two losses to Max Holloway, he had a rebound. Once he rebounded, it was, you know, Alexander Volkanovsky had the book already on him. So he just kind of put the tempo out there. And you have someone like T-City, Who's gonna come through? And Bernard Ortega is just gonna lay, punch after punch after punch. He's gonna follow the same playbook, and there's nothing that Scarface is gonna to do to be able to close that gap, especially at this point in his career.
1: I like it. All right, so the last thing I'll, that I'm gonna bring up, I don't know if you have anything else. Last thing for the Fook moment is Nate Diaz uh, climbs, shines up in the uh, UFC rankings for the first time since he his last fight in 2016 when he beat uh, Anthony Pettis, he's now number 6 in the welterweight.
0: You know it's funny though man because Andre Ward was on uh the Joe Rogan Experience talk about this too where um it, it's it's crazy to think that someone who takes 3 years off just cuz he can um just comes back and just dominates one of the best uh one of the best lightweights like to be out there and does it handily. You know, um, pet, no, It's no disrespect to, to Pettis because, you know, he's a former champ. And he's, you know, obviously the time Kick. We talk about that all the time. But it's just something to be said that when you take time off and you come back and you do what you do and you handle your business the way you handle your business, bruh, you're a bad man. And that's exactly what Andre Ward said. He said he texted uh, Nate Diaz and he was like, you a bad man. And, you know, credit to him, man. Nate Diaz... He's always training, you know, and but I thought, I thought time and, time away and ring rust was going to be something that was going to be pretty fierce. And I know people say, like, well, he's been training, and he's been doing this and been doing that. But I was like, yeah, but there's a difference between, like, sparring and training and then actually being into the competitive set. And the last time we saw Pettis, Pettis was just dominant in his, um, in his fight. I don't want to say dominant. He, he caught Wonderboy and put him out. So, coming back, I'm like, yeah. And then when I saw the fight again, I was like, man, I, I really should stop saying that I have no faith. Not no faith. I just had not as much faith in Nate Diaz. I should have had the same amount of faith that, in Diaz that I had when he fought Conor McGregor the first time in this fight with Pettis. And I and I did not And that's what ended up catching me for the L for this, uh, this last month.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um and I keep saying this is my last one. This is my last one. We do have one more I want to talk about. How big does Darren Till look?
0: Yo, yeah, so for some of you guys who don't know, Darren Till has added a crazy amount of size. Um, is he looking to go to 185?
1: Yeah, he his next fight is supposedly against Kevin Gaslam.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. We've talked about this a couple times. Yeah, he's enormous. <laughs> um And it's like but the problem that I'm having with this is that he's going into he's going up in weight. So I'm curious to see like how that affects him, like as far as speed and I know he's gonna have more power, but I wanna see about speed and technique. I wanna see what's gonna happen in that aspect of the fight. So what what's your thought process on it?
1: Um his dieting is gonna be scary, like his everything like, even his coaches say, like, is his dieting going to be right now that he doesn't have to cut that extra 15 pounds? Um, what's it going to be like? I mean, dude, look, I have this picture up, and I'm like, dude, this dude is massive, dude. He can definitely, he might tear up some people at 185, but he also better realize that Kevin Gaston has a strong right Hand that knocks people out. Um, so I just a fair warning. Just his last two fights against uh, George George right? all right.
0: Yeah,
1: and um, he got knocked out by George. And prior to George, he got beat by Tyrone Woodley by that Dars choke. I mean, you bet. Just watch. Watch your chin. That's all I'm going to say. And maybe maybe that might help him moving up is because he's not having to lose all that weight. And so he's a little bit more fresh, too.
0: Yeah, I think the one thing to take away from this, too, is that Darren Till, though, and it, it's really going to come down to his endurance as well because, obviously, his muscles. If you're adding weight and you're adding muscle mass, your body's going to have to take in more oxygen. So I'm very curious about his cardio game as well. So it should be something... To be noted, but yeah, Kevin Gaslam, man, he's also got a great wrestling background. I mean, that's like his thing. He just, he could take guys to the ground and he could just ground a pound from the bottom. Um, and that's, we've seen him do it a couple of times. So it, it, it's going to be a very fun fight to watch. There's no doubt about it. So I cannot wait to see what happens next. Do um, you got anything else you want to add on to that?
1: Uh, I promise you that's my last ah, what the fuck is going
0: on? Okay, so I have one, and we're going to talk about this, and this is probably where the debate really might happen. So it's been noted that Frankie Edgar wanted to drop down to Bantamweight, right? But now there's rumors of him being circulated with Conor McGregor as far as, like, the fight goes, okay? And it'll be up at, uh... Rumor has it, it's going to be up at 155. Um... But it could go between 145 and 155. So, with that being said, if Conor McGregor returns back into the octagon and we're fighting at 155, where do you see this fight? Because obviously, Frankie's gonna have to put on weight to get to get up to 155. How do you see this fight, and where? where do don't you, do it. How do you see it? Where do you think the fight is gonna be?
1: Don't do it. Don't do it unless you're doing it at 145. Like Conor's gonna. Have, it, be a struggle for Connor to do it at one forty-five, dude. Frankie, dude, you walk around at one forty-five. You cut. You should be able to cut down to one thirty-five. You're gonna. You're, you're, you have to gain ten pounds somewhere, boy. You better be in a bunch of Snickers on in the, in some bread to do so. Um <laughs> Oh my god, I just so stupid,
0: well, so stupid to move way. up like that. Let's just say the fight happens at one forty-five, okay, and Connor drops one forty-five. How do you see the fight playing out, and where? How do you see this fight playing out at one forty-five? Let's put it that way.
1: At one forty-five, Frankie's gonna have a better chance. Um, his wrestling, he can't—he can't stop wrestling. That's the thing. That's the only way he's gonna beat McConnor, I think is if he's if he wrestles connor to ground and uses his, his ground game, um, standing. Got knocked out by Brian Ortega with an uppercut. Connor McGregor has a fast left arm and a powerful one at it. I, I don't see him beating Connor McGregor standing up.
0: So I'm going to be combative just to be combative. Okay? Not right, your dick. <laughs> <laughs> While well, you're right that Connor's game is not in the wrestling department, Frankie Edgar clearly dominates that department. Where. Frankie's biggest challenge is going to come is when Connor throws his oblique kick and continually throws the oblique kick, causing Frankie to back his, back his stance up, and he's not going to keep the wide stance, and his boxing stance will even close up even more, to almost to the point where he's going to be standing up. Um, I think where the fight really gets different is when Connor starts tagging uh, Frankie. One with an oblique click and then moving right in, right to one-two combos and then coming in. The one thing I do like about Frankie Edgar is that his boxing game is on point. I mean, he's always training in the boxing. He's always in the, always in the ring working on his skills. So he's very, very skillful in that department. I just think that his kick game is what's definitely going to cost him this fight. And I see Connor just throwing some wild-ass kick for no reason and then landing it and just putting out, putting out Frankie in the fight.
1: The thing is, is if you're using that oblique kick, it's gonna cause enough pain that you your opponent's really gonna to wanna to shoot in, take you down and not and take and keep you away from using your legs as much as Connor can use. Um his boxing his boxing's on, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have the power. He doesn't have the Nate Diaz power, he doesn't have the uh Really, that and they I mean, Khabib hit Conor with that hook. Do you remember that hook he hit Conor with in this? And like a third round of their fight. I don't think he has Khabib power either. Um, I just don't don't see him being able to to hurt Conor to get in close enough to Conor. Because come on, dude. Let, 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 let me pull this up real quick. Uh, Max Holloway, and not Max Holloway. Frankie Edgar's reach is sixty eight inches. Yeah. What is Conor McGregor's? Um, I think
0: sixty-six. No, I feel like it's a longer than that.
1: Conor McGregor's reach is seventy-four inches.
0: It's a lot longer than I thought. That was
1: yeah. <laughs> So, Connor's Conor is five nine. With with a long reach and some long legs, yeah. Um, the, the kicks are going to keep him distant. The, the, the it, if the kicks aren't if the kicks aren't going to do it, the, 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 the reach is going to do it. I j- you better hope that you put Connor at one forty five because yeah. that that means he's going to lose enough weight that he's going to be a little bit drained. Um, yeah, we I'm haven't seen Connor at
0: 148.
1: Just I don't, I don't. You better stick to your guns and be at one forty-five, Frankie. You better <laughs> say no. You have to be at one forty-five because Connor's gonna demolish you. It's
0: a pretty fair assessment. If, um,
1: if if he does, dude. If if this happens and Connor demolishes him, Frankie is done. I hate to say it. He wants to go down to one thirty-five, but Connor might kill him.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, that does wrap up this segment for. What the fuck? What's yep. going on here? <laughs> um, so, with that being said, yo, Anthony, why don't you give out some of your and love?
1: Link love, baby. Um, what's going on in my life right now? I don't even know. I have a two year old who trying to potty train, I have a five year old that's in school, and I got to do a color run tomorrow. Like,. Oh my god, this my kindergartner is gonna uh, be the end of me. Um Aaron is we are, we are at thirty six weeks Thursday. Oh my god over there. We're getting there. Um hopefully hopefully Friday Cliff it doesn't come. Um, my Link in Love is my family, dude. Like, you know, my league and love, i have always support everything here, from Miss Taken and my MMA fighters to my family, and I'm, I'm going to do a bigger one here. And I'm probably going to cry a little bit here. And I'm, I'm going to, uh, we don't have enough listeners for this. I'm gonna If we do a podcast, we'll probably put on a podcast, because I want prayers. I want prayers for my, I'm going to call my cousin, Gregory. He was in an accident over a month ago, and this dude is a strong dude. I'm telling you, dude. Uh, out in Iowa, he, he, they think he had a seizure, maybe. And that hospital has not done right on him. They, the doctors the doctor said he was brain dead, dude. How crazy is this? And then four days later, he's talking to people. Uh, so Saturday, we were sent at home after the Husker game. And I called my nephew to remind him, hey, we have a fantasy football draft. Don't forget about Denise. He's like, okay, and he was with Gregory at the hospital, visiting him. And I'm like, tell Gregory I love him and stay strong. He's like, how about you say it to you? him? To say it to you, yourself, him. So I like give him the phone. I told Gregory, oh, man, I love you. He's like, I love you back. It was so great to hear his voice. And then it just shocked me. He's like, how's your baby? Like this dude was brain dead, and he remembers that I'm having a baby. How insane is that? So. This marriage, everybody, my fans, fan, my friends, my family, just keep praying that he's gonna make a good recovery. Hopefully, he's gonna make it out of this thing, yeah, with a clean slate of health and maybe a broken shoulder and a good story. Um, so prayers out to Gregory, man. Love you, brother. Uh, that's my linking love.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, uh, as you guys normally, uh, if you guys have seen it on the first episode. Um, I was wearing a Nebraska hat. I'm a huge Husker fan, just like Anthony. Today though, you could obviously see that I'm wearing a Hawks hat. Um, this is my college. Um I graduated from Becker College in uh Wiston, Massachusetts. Um so I definitely wanted to show some love. Um this is the first time that I actually had some actual gear from them. Everybody makes fun of me because I have tons of colleges and I had no college apparel from my school. So I have now college apparel from the Hawks. So shout outs to Becker College. That's why I wanted to show a little bit of love um, to those uh, to those guys. So thank you for everything that you guys were able to help me get. Um, with that being said, Anthony, where can they find you? All
1: right, before they can find me anywhere, let's talk about something here. And that is 22. 22 veterans die every day from the mental and emotional and physical battles that they can't win. Um talking about suicides here, if you didn't know. Um, me and Cliff here, we were both veterans, so we both suffer from some sort of PTSD. Uh, as much as I joke with him about his PTSD, a pin being out or me seeing an explosion. We literally did something with our lives that changed the path of it. And we suffer so much as well. With us suffering so much, uh, we learned that we like to talk to each other. We're best friends. We talk about every little thing that we can about what's going on in our lives. So we want to extend this out to you guys too and say that if you're going through anything, if you need just a chat, if, if you're in a dark place, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We literally will answer you. You reach out, it might not be immediately, but we, when we see that message, we're definitely pushing it out to you. Um, so do not be do not hesitate to reach out to Cliff or even Julie. She suffers from PTSD as well, um, and she likes to talk too. We're on a fucking podcast. We're on a fucking YouTube channel now. We love to talk. So reach out. We'll talk. Uh, where to find me? Instagram. You can find me at Instagram at a Luhan Anthony Luhan one nine eight five. That's my full name, Anthony Luhan one nine eight five. Twitter, which I'm back on. Um, and Snapchat is a Luhan 1985 You add me, I'll add you. Let's follow each other and send some freaky stuff.
0: So you guys can find me on all your favorite social media platforms, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Discord, Reddit, um, at cm__miller85. So if you're trying to figure it out, yes, yeah, it's just like CM Punk. But my actual... Middle initial is M, so CM underscore Miller 85. Also, you guys can find me and Anthony and Julie right here on GetTheKO. You guys can actually send us emails now at GetTheKO at gmail.com. That's GetTheKO at gmail.com. You can tell us what you think. You like it, you don't like it, something you want to change. It is what it is. Also, leave a comment and a like and subscribe down below. Okay? And let us know what you think. Um, Also, Last but not least, you guys can also catch me on Frankensteiner, which is attached to Franken-culture. Uh, big shout-outs to Steve for giving us that platform. And last but not least, you can find me on Nerds at a Roundtable as well, talking about comic books, movies, TV shows, anything in the comic realm. Um, and I guess this would be my last thing to say, but Friday's my birthday, and I'm turning 34. I'm old. Ish. Happy birthday, Cliff. Hey, appreciate that. Um... With that being said, Anthony, why don't you tell him bye? 22. And as always, good fight and good night.